summer at a sports ground in Hawke's Bay means the thud of hooves and the knock of mallets under the hot summer sun. Polo is an action-packed sport which shows off the power and speed of the ponies and general courage of the riders swinging their mallets mid-gallop. Maggie Tweedy made her way to the Wanstead Polo Club, 20 kilometres from Waipakaro, one Sunday afternoon. It's a hot summer's day in central Hawke's Bay, but there's plenty of feed on the rolling hills for grazing sheep as I wind down the hot Tarsiel Road to the Wanstead Polo Club. Known as the second largest club in the country, the grounds are home to some of New Zealand's most experienced players. It's the weekend of the Barrett Dearden Memorial Cup, the club's major annual home game tournament. I've arrived in between chuckers in time to catch rider Pete Hislop, who has played the sport for 10 years. I was lucky enough to be riding ever since I was a kid, um, but I had a friend who was an arborist who was doing some work on a tree one day, and I said, what do you do in your spare time? And he said, I play polo at Birchley, which is a local club which offers beginners to uh, have a go. So that's what I did. I went down there and uh, 10 years ago and fell in love with it. It's quite an addictive thing. It would have been quite cool getting into it because it's full of adrenaline. It's pretty brutal out there on the field. Look, it's, it is a cool sport. It allows you to play, I don't know, like a warrior. Uh, I started when I was 50. When you're still 50, and you know, you, it's pretty hard to play full contact rugby at that, at that age, but you can certainly play polo. Does it require a lot of flexibility, though? Because I imagine it's, it's pretty challenging, like seeing you go all the way down to the ground with the mallet and really swing it. Yeah, look, I mean, I suppose it's like a, I don't know, like a lot of those sports, it, timing's is key. So you don't have to be super strong, but timing is, is a huge part of it in terms of hitting the ball, you know. You watch the good guys and they're amazing, their timing is just incredible and they pick it up off the ground, the ball can be bouncing and their hand-eye is amazing. So for people who are young, they take to it a whole lot quicker than people who are older. And what's the youngest person out in the field today? Oh, there would have been Ross Ainsley's son, what would he be, 10, maybe 11 years of age? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you get them started at that young age and, um, and they go on with it and the world's their oyster. And you've gotten your daughter Julia into it as well. Yeah, well, it's lots of fun. I mean, it's a, it's a family sport as much as anything else. So it's great. It's something that dad and, and daughter can do together, mm. which I never imagined, to be fair, 10 years ago. And she's ridden horses since she was a, a little nipper. Great family sport, so I'm only sorry that my, my son never liked riding horses. <laughs> uh, and in terms of the game, like how does it actually work? How long did it take you to figure it out? Oh, look, I'm still figuring it out. I know that probably sounds silly, but um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm getting better every year. Those first two or three years are a bit of a blur. I mean, a big part of playing polo is having, you know, which I found out reasonably early in the piece is, you know, if you've got good horses, then they can, you know, they help out so much um, because playing polo is not just about hitting the ball, it's a team sport. There's riding off and sticking and, you know, there's so many tactics. Um, so luckily it's not all about hitting the ball because if it was, I probably would have given up. <laughs> Today here at the Wanstead Polo Club, it seems that all the teams that are playing are mixed as well. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I think that uh, there's probably 50%, probably maybe even more, 50% of polo players are females. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we play heaps of mixed-sex teams. It was interesting today, so the team I was playing in had a father and son in it, and on the opposition was his daughter. So, yeah, lots of... I mean, it's, it's great. It's really healthy, and um, we enjoy it. And, I mean, the girls are great. They're good. Tell me what kind of team you play in, because it seems like it was a hell of a lot faster to watch. Yeah, well, I mean, look, look there's lots of different goal rating in, in terms of the tournament. So we were playing in the sixth goal, which was uh, 
you could call it the high goal. I mean, I mean, you know, high goal overseas is, is 24, or you know, you go to Argentina and it's, and it's 40 goal, um, and you get up to the up to the top there. But so today at Wanstead, um, we had two grades, and it was six goal and naught goal, and, and of course, as you as you get further up the up the goal rating, it, it gets faster and faster. And how hard is it to move up to a different goal rating? Oh, I mean, <laughs> it's like a combination of factors. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, look, it's not easy. I mean. Um, you know, like the highest you can get to in the world is a 10-goaler, and most of them are Argentinians, and there might be 8 to 10 of those in the world. Today here at Wanstead, I think we had a 5-goaler and a 4-goaler. I'm a naught-goaler. Um, start out at minus 1. Will I get any better? Probably not, but um, I, I'm still, you know, you get the horses and that, and you get asked to play, and you still get the chance to play. You get the opportunity to, uh, to play at a sort of high level, and it's lots of fun. making sure that you get to that high level? Is it about the amount of horses that you have, how fit they are, how much you can practice? Is it down to resources? Oh, look, I mean, I mean both. I mean, in, in terms of my age, it's probably more about resources and talent. You know, it's, it's certainly it's a mixture of both, but horses are a huge part of it. You know, you can put uh, a, a pretty handy player on so-so horses and they'll struggle a bit, but, um, you know, horses are a huge part of it. I park up underneath a gazebo that says Hawke's Bay Polo Club. Pete's wife Bridget Hislop has set it up on the sideline with her friend Maria Apatu. Underneath are camping chairs and chicken sandwiches that Bridget has generously made for all the spectators. Just as I'm about to sit down and watch, the players canter off the field to change ponies and regroup before the next chucker, the seven minute period of play during the polo game. Maria tells me it's time for all those watching to rush out onto the field and stomp the divots. It's a bit of a tradition for polo spectators. Which is literally stomping the grass back down for the next game so the field is not so bumpy for the players. So we're literally putting our feet yep. in the gaps in the field. Stomping down the grass. Is that for the horses or for the ball? Both. So if a horse was to sort of run over one of these and get their foot in a hole, they can easily be quite dangerous, you know, they can either slip over or trip over. Worst case scenario, break a leg, but you'd hope not. So you're literally just putting it back, it helps with the play, it helps with the ball running, and it helps for the horses. Horse safety is the main priority. And so you've done this how many times today? Between every game, but yesterday when it rained, we did it between every chucker. Amazing. Yeah. So we don't have to do it that much today because it's such a beautiful no, day. No, it'll be probably before this game and then they'll play and then we'll probably do it again before the last game. And how many people are out on the field today? Oh, I'd say we're looking at around 30, 40 people. Stomping the divots. Stomping the divots. <laughs> so this is not only a thing in New Zealand, it's pretty No, no, worldwide. It is a cultural thing, and in um, England when you go, and you might go to Guards Polo, which is the Queen's by Windsor, you will do this. You'll have hundreds of people out here with their champagne flutes and their sun hats and their dresses, stomping divots. It's back to the sidelines for me amongst the other horses, which are tacked up under the shady trees, awaiting their turn at a chucker. Tacking them up is Woody, Parongho local, horse trainer and polo player, Wirihana Kururangi. Uh, yes, yep, we have our own stallion and a handful of mares that we breed out of and keep getting foals out of them and they get turned into polo horses. Uh, or we just pick up a few off the track that 
they're not you know they're not going to cut the track from the racetrack from the racetrack yes okay so those would usually be thoroughbreds yes yes they're all thoroughbreds so we just take them from the track that and to school them up and train them up for polo and how do you train them up for polo what's the difference because they obviously have to have that speed you got to have the speed but you got to also got to try and keep their head because you can tend to cook a, a thoroughbred pretty quick their heads are well they're real energetic horses they're fidgety you know so it's just trying to calm them down and make them just settle down really and how long does it usually take to convert one from the racetrack to actually working as a polo pony or a horse? Take anywhere from about four months to a year or so. Or could take a couple of years, it just depends on the horse really. Every horse is different. So how many have you got at the moment that you're working on? Uh, we have 17 on the yard at the moment. They were working, eight young ones and the rest are all good made playing horses. So yeah. who are you working with? Uh, I work with the Kurus. From Mopiongo Hills in Porangaho. So they've yeah. been a whānau here for many years, right? Yeah, many years. Yeah. Did you grow up here? Uh, no, I grew up on the east coast, up in Tokomaru Bay. Oh, but so you might have been riding bareback as, yeah, as a kid. Yep, yeah, that was it. <laughs> Heaps of little kids hooning around yeah, bareback on yeah, Tokomaru Bay us. on the beach, right? Yep, that's yeah. Us. That's how we grew up riding. So you kind of had that fearless element. Yeah, well, you were comfortable around yeah, horses? Yeah, comfortable around horses. Growing up with them from a young age, right from, well, I was probably riding horses before I could walk. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt that. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about your love for horses and, and why you feel so comfortable around them. Oh, just been with them my whole life. Once you start learning how to understand them and stuff, it, oh, they're, just, they're amazing animals, eh? they're intelligent, they do whatever you want them to do and they'll put their life on the line for you out there and stuff like that. So. They're loyal, eh? Yeah, real loyal. And the Wanstead Polo Club, there are so many cars parked here today, yes, heaps yeah. of trucks, whole lot of horses. It's yeah. clearly um, a really big part of the community. Wanstead Polo Club, you know, it's been around here for years and they've always had plenty of people come down and watch and there's always plenty of people want to come out here and support it because oh, it's just a fun tournament to be at. I guess there's like a, an idea that playing polo is a pretentious sport. Yeah, it is, can be posh, it just depends where you, where you are. It's not as posh in here in New Zealand. We, yeah. we just do it the same way as rugged, really. Yeah. <laughs> as any other sport. Yeah, just yeah. get into it, eh? Yeah. As long as the horses are all good and sound and they're turned out all right, that's the main thing. Wirihana Kururangi and his younger cousin spent a season in England. It's a rite of passage for New Zealanders who fall in love with polo, like Julia Hislop, who's busy cleaning up the horse track. Uh, my dad got into it, and then I thought it looked fun, so I gave it a go, and here I am. It's pretty addictive. How long have you been doing it for? Two and a half years, probably, and then before that, grooming for five years. But it's also exercising them during the week, tacking them up for the games, untacking them, hosing them, feeding them, just looking after them. A horse's caregiver. So you become really attached to them? Oh yeah. How many are you often looking after at one time as a groom? Well, we have 12 polo ponies, but we have a lovely groom, Ellie, and then myself, I help her, but she does pretty much 12 on her own a lot of the time, which is, it is a full-time job. You did a lot of work overseas, didn't you? Yes, two years in the UK, grooming over there. And whereabouts did you work in the UK? Um, just out of London in Ascot, at Guards Polo Club. 
that's quite a posh place, isn't it? It is a very posh place compared to New Zealand polo. <laughs> There's a difference. And how did you make that link to go to the UK and start working as a groom? I met a English groom who'd come over here for our summer season and she knew someone over in the UK who needed a groom for the season coming up and I had just finished uni and I thought that sounded like a bit of fun so she hooked me up. Shall we go and have a look at the horses? Yes, let's. Okay. Okay. They look more pony in stature. Yeah, well they are. They're called polo ponies because they are, they're smaller. So here we have Flick. She's one of mine. She's a good girl. I can see you smiling when you're talking about her. Yeah, I love her. She's special. I love them all. What makes yep. her special on the field? Uh, well, she's quite a big girl, so she's strong in a straight line fast. Mm -hmm. Probably turning corners is maybe one of her weaker points, but that's okay. She's a galloper. Not everyone can be perfect. And how did you get her? Was she a retired racehorse? No, she is probably not your typical polo type for a polo pony. Most polo ponies are more like leaner. She's quite chunky, but it's good to be unconventional sometimes. <laughs> she's from uh, Gisborne, up the coast. She's a bit of a bush pony, which you don't find many of those in polo, so she's actually one of a kind. And that's why she's maybe your favourite. Well, she's probably not my favourite, but she's up there. Well, introduce me to your favourite then. Um, okay, my favourite, we're going to have to go around the corner. Okay. Here he is. His name is Chaos, and it's ironic because he's the most unchaotic horse in the world. I just love He's him. cool, calm and collected. He's so cool, calm and collected. He's like an absolute gentleman. He's absolutely he is, shining. He's he, a bay horse. Yep. He's a bay horse. He's every groom's dream horse to look after. He doesn't muck around. He's not upsetting the other horses. He just goes about his business and he does it very well. Me and my dad both spend a lot of time fighting over who gets to ride him <laughs> because he's pretty good. He's pretty special. You initially started out hunting. What surprised you about doing this sport comparatively like were there any things that kind of um, well I guess polo is the only equestrian sport that you can play on a team everything else is individual whereas you're out there with you and three others and you actually get a chance to work as a team and use other players and back each other up and stuff like that which is fun there's a lot of passion though a lot of passion yeah people they leave their heart and soul on the field and a few swear words often Across the paddock is the Wanstead Polo Clubhouse, where spectators are packed into rows of seats, eagerly watching the match from the sidelines. It's a family affair with prams and kids watching too. Inside the scorekeeper's box is Robbie Hunter, a former junior All Black, and it turns out a bit of a local legend. People tell me he made headlines when he dusted off his rugby boots and completed an entire season of rugby at the age of 60. Now in his 70s, he enjoys commentating over the loudspeaker. Ali Dalton is from Kent, just outside of London. But the British groom has spent her fair share of time down at the Wanstead Polo Club. She's been busy all day working in the hot sun, cleaning tack and readying the ponies for play. So I've always been horsey, I've always ridden and when I was probably 16 or 17 I got working on a polo cross yard um, for a guy who plays quite high level polo cross and then from there it, they're quite similar sports. When I went to uni I wanted to carry on and I got into polo grooming a little bit over there and also playing a bit for the uni polo cross team and it just 
went from there. <laughs> in terms of the UK and New Zealand, how culturally do we differ in the sport? In the UK, it's definitely, it's a professional sport. It's a lot more intense and there's more of it. So the season runs from sort of late April time to late September, whereas here is much more condensed and it's only weekends. So it'll be like a three-day tournament. In the UK, typically you wouldn't play polo on a Monday, but every other day there's polo on all throughout the country. Wow. And yeah. why not Monday? Is Monday rest day? Monday is rest day for ponies, grooms, staff, everyone else. But I'd say in the past few years, it hasn't, like, it just plays on a Monday. So what do you enjoy about your job? I think definitely the horses. It's just very rewarding when you see them going well, especially for, I groom for three people. So I groom for Pete, Scott Jolly, and also Julia. And Julia gives me a hand with the horses. So seeing how the horses go, their individual horses go for each of them as the season progresses is just really rewarding. And when you spend so long getting them ready and, you know, making them look perfect, and especially if they win a pony prize or if you win a groom prize, but I think the most important thing is seeing them coming back healthy, sound, happy, and yeah, that's all you Because can you want. work these horses really hard, don't you? Yeah. You're exercising them every day yes. uh, in order for it to be safe out there on the track because it's, it's brutal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of, you know, we put so much effort into exercising them and keeping them fit, and they'll only play, say, one chucker, most of them. So there's all that preparation, and they have to shine in seven and a half minutes, which a lot of them do. As a large mower smooths out the pitch in between chuckers, Andy Barrett tells me the immaculate five hectare paddock is actually grazed by sheep during the off-season. Andy and his wife own Lake Station, which has been home to Wonsi Polo Club since 1958. Andy is buzzing. I catch him at a busy time as he's trying to organise a half-time race, which he says has never been done before. He's calling it the race of the season between Woody and his pony, John Resmer in an old Mitsubishi Mirage, Joe Twig in a Ford Escort, and Killian Ainsley on his e-cycle. The crowd of spectators hurry onto the pitch to watch the race, which Woody wins by a mile. It's clear the local community are getting behind it too. This is real, this is grassroots. Um, you know, it's country, there's not too many venues like this. In New Zealand, you know, if, if, um, you know, looking around, it's just green paddocks and clubhouses, and there's not a not a township for half an hour from here, 20 minutes from here. You have a bit of a shindig on Saturday night, and you come out and play your your finals on Sunday. Some with a headache, some not. So, no, it's wonderful. Pete Hislop, among some of the players and supporters of the Wanstead Polo Club, and that story was produced by Maggie Tweedy.